Today on Oxl FM, join us for our next Game Club episode as we discuss our thoughts and experiences on the point-and-click story game 2064 Read-Only Memories. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I am Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And it's Game Club time. Woo-hoo. We tried to do the Game Club like kind of like once every four episodes, I think we try and do. Mm. I think we've maybe done a little bit longer this time though, because previous one was a while ago now, wasn't it? Mm. Uh, but today's episode is going to be on the game 2064 Read Only Memories. It's a little bit of a mouthful. It is a bit of a mouthful because originally I think it was just Read Only Memories and mm. then they released sort of like a a 2.0 patch style thing for it, which yeah. changed it into the, the current game that we played, mm. which I think was the original console release of the game as the PC version was kind of released quite a lot earlier. In fact, the PC version I, I was looking up uh, earlier was released in like something like nearly three years previously. Like yeah, two and it was and Oct- years October previous. 2015, right? Yeah. And it was originally a Kickstarter and the Kickstarter started even earlier than that, like wow. like 2013 or something like that. I, see, so I didn't this, know that actually. Yeah, this this game's got a quite a long history, really. I've, I've had it for a little while. It's been sat in my Steam library for, for a couple of years now. And because I think I picked it up before it became 2064. Right. And it just sat there for quite a long time. And then I was like, I haven't played this. And we wanted to do a story-based game. Because quite a few of the Game Club episodes we've done so far have been kind of focused on the gameplay for aspect of things. Yeah. So we thought we'd maybe do a little more of a story-based game. Just to kind of change things a bit. Yeah. And I picked it up on I picked it up on Switch because as per my previous episode, a couple of episodes ago, when I was talking about video games in 2019, I need to play games on Switch so that I actually get to play them. And I got to play this and completed it. Not that it's very long, but still, nonetheless, I think I completed it quite quickly before you'd even started playing it for Game Yeah, you absolutely did, which is quite surprising. And that shows that what you said about making sure you have games on switch is obviously proven true already yeah (laughs) because you've had the opportunity to like sit on the train or whatever when you're on your way to work or from work to just sit and play it for an hour or two yeah i just i absolutely smashed through it and yeah so it came out on consoles in 2017 and that was when they did that sort of re-release of it which added a whole bunch of extra stuff and then the switch version has actually only just come out it came out in 2018 and it's made by a company called Midboss. And I think this is pretty much the only thing that they've, the only game that they've made. And it's worth mentioning something which we're not going to really touch upon here, which is that Midboss was the subject of quite a lot of controversy last year in 2018, because their CEO uh, stood down after allegations of like, there was a, quite a few things. It was like sexual abuse, underpaid yeah. workers and workplace harassment. It's pretty, clearly there were some, there were some problems at Midboss, but a CEO does not a game make. And so... Absolutely. We've said that before, I think. I don't know yeah. what we were talking about, but I'm pretty confident that's come up before where we've gone like, the game's awesome, but the people that made it maybe not so much in some instances. Yeah. I don't remember what game it was now. That's going to really bug me. But yeah, so, you know, and, and actually it's it's sort of interesting, I guess, because actually Midboss is really deeply entwined in the LGBTQ video gaming scene. Mm. They actually made a documentary about it uh, and the game itself is 2064 Read Only Memories is lauded as being very sort of queer inclusive. You know, there's a section at the right at the start of the game where you get to pick your pronouns and you actually get to you can 
pick none of the ones that they give you like you yeah, can just you can, you can just own. do anything yeah you know and it sort of comes through in some of the story as well in some of the characters so there's the sort of that's an interesting kind of two faces to it but anyway we're not we don't want to sort of stick on that too much and we're really sort of talking about the game itself yeah um, rather than some of that stuff of which the game itself is a point and click adventure game sort of similar to the old like sierra games like hmm. sort of like leisure suit larry and space quest but then also games like the lucasart games like uh, monkey island and things like yes. that yeah. but it's it's more story based rather than puzzle based very much so it's it's very you spend most of your time listening to to conversations and paging through dialogue essentially yeah which I think probably plays to its strengths for the most part because yeah. the writing's quite strong, whereas the gameplay fun- aspects of things when we get through to that later is is definitely its weaker element. Mm. So I think that's probably a wise choice for them to have done that. Yeah, agreed. But the, the basic outline of the game's sort of like plot, because that's its main focus, is it's set in 2064, unsurprisingly, <laughs> in where it's a world which has had like a, like not the singularity, so to speak, sort of like that runaway cascade of like tech development. Like everything's become so much more advanced than you would have ever imagined it would do. Where you have things called ROMs walking around, which are essentially just robots. Yeah. What they're like relationships, something managers. Is that right? I can't remember what this sounds Yeah, something like that. It's basically <laughs> just a way of putting the read-only memories or, you know, random access memories acronym into things and making yeah. it make sense. But the general gist of it is that you play as a mostly out-of-work journalist <laughs> who is approached one day by a sentient machine, by, by a robot called Turing. And he asks you to help uncover a mystery revolving around his creator. Uh, and then it goes go from that. We weren't going to touch on the plot too much because I don't want to give anything away, really, because it's it's quite a good story, actually. Yeah, it is. So that's sort of the general gist of things, and it's very it's very soft cyberpunk, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. It's very like it's not dystopian cyberpunk. It's it's very bright. You know, the setting is very bright and sort of colourful, and it's not. I sort of felt like it didn't really take itself too seriously, although some of the story did tackle some interesting issues. I, I felt like overall there was a lot of disbelief suspending about the sort of story. But nonetheless, I think for me, I did really like the story, but I think for me the characters were the main thing that really stick out and, and were the most memorable. You know, I and in fact actually I felt like some of the characters could be could have been developed a bit more. But if anything, that's just a testament to sort of how good the characters were that I want to know more about them and want mm. to see their characters developed a little bit more. So, yeah, I think that was sort of on this on the subject of sort of plot and story. I think that the I think that that was the strongest the strongest thing for me. And it's very it was really good in how it made the characters kind of different from each other. They weren't mm. they didn't blend into one another. No. So everyone had a very kind of distinct personality, but also a distinct look like the actual the way that they've been kind of drawn or designed or whatever. And then, and we'll come on to this a bit later as well, but the voice work for it, which was added in the the big update, made a big difference too. Like everyone has a very kind of clear, unique, distinct voice. The voice acting for the most part is really, really good. (laughs) There was a a point when I first loaded the game up and there's like the cinematic at the start and there's Mm. a narrator for that. And that is really bad. Mm. And I started and I was like, oh God, no. Oh no! Is this what it's going to be like? Is this what the voice acting is going to be like? And then it was fine. Like it was literally that only bit where I was like, "That's terrible." 
It was almost a bit like um, in a world where yeah, it was. man it was trying and machine to be, come together. Yeah, it was. It was absolutely like that, and it was just really bad. <laughs> so I, I've made a list of things that I liked and didn't like about the game, and we haven't really talked about it much yet. A la typical game club, yeah. but it feels like we're already on the same page anyway, just mm. from these few minutes of co- the conversation that we've had. So the first thing that I kind of wrote down was my thoughts on sort of the aesthetics and the graphics Mm. of the game and we've already sort of touched on it the idea that it's almost this like cyberpunk light or like cyberpunk colorful edition and which is interesting because i actually don't like the cyberpunk theme of the things like despite how good of a film it is for example like i don't like the look of things like blade runner that much right i don't like the griminess of it Mm. when it comes to my sci-fi i kind of like the more kind of clean sci-fi of like star trek for example cyberpunk for me usually is a bit of a turnoff when it comes to any story or any medium like a, either a film or a game or whatever hmm. but i must say the game did really kind of draw me in i really liked the world in which they're created yeah i agree i actually do like the sort of more grungy um, cyberpunk but i also didn't dislike this and i felt like it was a little bit refreshing that it wasn't just like all the other kind of like grungy dystopian stuff it was kind of like dystopian without being dark in a Hmm. way um, which i really liked I also think the idea of choosing San Francisco as its sort of base of operation was very apt. Yeah. Because one of the things that I I thought was like the world itself is actually quite believable almost in a way. Mm. Like this is almost what it would look like if you went forward, say, 50 years in the future and had like a technological revolution, essentially. Yeah. And I imagine you having visited San Francisco will probably see that even more of the case. I mean, some of the the places are actual places, you know, because it is San Francisco, Mm. um, which is quite fun. I think that this is perhaps a personal taste thing, but I did find the game to be too pixelated, hmm. like in terms of the art style. Like it's very, it's very low resolution. And at times for me, I felt too low resolution. I was kind of like, why is it like, you don't need to be this. Like this your, your pixels res, aren't yeah. actually that large. <laughs> No, and I was they're, like, they're made to be like that on purpose, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, and I was like, wow, and I'm playing this on a Switch, which isn't exactly the biggest screen. I was just about to say that, is that you, you kind of played it in handheld mode, almost exclusively I consuming. Did. Yes, I didn't so, play it on the TV And you're all. complaining about the low resolution of the, of the, yeah. the sprites. <laughs> Imagine so, what it was like for me on a big 23-inch monitor. I you know, know, exactly. <laughs> I was like, that, that sort of... At first it was fine, but sort of as the game wore on, I don't know, there was just, there were times, and I can't pinpoint exact times, but there were times where I was like, is it really necessary like to be that? That sort of stylized to a fault, I felt a little bit. I felt like sometimes some, although it did a reasonable job of displaying sort of character emotion, I felt like that was primarily through the good voice acting rather Mm. than through any kind of like artwork or anything like that. It, It really is held up by its story and its writing and its voice acting and would have liked to have seen the visuals developed just a little bit more that said there is a lot of detail in the environments it's just not particularly high resolution detail no that's actually a really interesting point because one of the things that i noticed about the game was how much of the background is kind of interactable like you can Mm. kind of observe it and get like an idea of what it is or uh, someone's opinion on something and it's amazing how many little things you can like look at like i noticed plants are quite prominent like almost every scene has several plants you can look at (laughs) and you know despite how low resolution everything is it's a you can still kind of make things out yeah. relatively well but you are right i agree with what you said about how the voice work 
conveys the character emotions a lot more than the actual animation of the kind yeah. of portraits does. Because as good as that is, I actually quite like the animation. They've done a decent job of like lip syncing things together for the most oh, yeah, part that you can with with you know pixel art. But I did find myself kind of auto clicking through the speech just to have them kind of like be in a static position and then just mm. listen to the voice work specifically. So I wasn't really looking at the portraits. I was more reading the yeah. text as they were speaking at the same time. And the only mm-hmm. other thing that I wanted to comment on as well on sort of the design of the game, the look of the game, and I'm sure you probably found this too. Maybe it's not as much of a problem on Switch, but the layout of the menus and the game as a whole is a bit odd. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't a huge fan of it, quite honestly. It's it's very like, it is definitely trying to be an older game, sort of like slow menu transitions and, you know, massive items on menus. And it's just not very... Like the, what's weird is like the whole screen is small, right? Like I'm I'm playing I was playing it on a switch, and there's like a massive black border around the whole game, mm. and then you must have had that as well. Yeah. And then there's the interface; everything is huge in the sense that like it's just like you've got no space. Everything's really pixelated, and you also don't use the space effectively. Yeah, and it's you're really using kind of, about half the screen, which is almost like a letterbox a- a yeah, effect, aren't you? It's really bizarre, and so and it's interesting because I actually found some things about the switch version where i was like oh is this a bad port and it's interesting that you then have that on pc where you're mm. like oh the menus are a bit bad and the you know the mouse is a bit difficult and stuff like that and it's like oh so they were both like <laughs> they were both bad ports <laughs> well that kind of ties into something else that i was going to mention as well which is that the game's controls are also a little bit off as well like mm. and i don't know if it was the case for using could you use like the d-pad or you use the analog stick on the switch or? it was weird there was no so there was no touch at all mm. it was only the d-pad you couldn't use the analog sticks you could only use the d-pad and also even for the keyboard where you would type stuff in you had to use only the d-pads to do that typing on mm. a keyboard and i'm like it's literally in front of me like i could tap that yeah like <laughs> i don't even see why they couldn't either because there is cursor support because i use the mouse for most of the, the yeah. my playthrough but yet you you still have to click on each button like you say yeah. so why couldn't they have just done touchscreen support yeah. for the mouse and also i, I couldn't even press start to say that i was done entering my name i had to go all the way across with the d-pad to, done, to the like yeah. done icon and i was like that's a bit weird <laughs> it, it's just really frustrating that they couldn't have done that slightly better mm. because the, like you say the menus take up so much bloody space as it is <laughs> and then it, they're really clunky to maneuver as well yeah so and one of the biggest annoyances that i had was trying to click on certain things not right. just the menus either there's a, there's a few sections where like in the game you have to click on relatively small things mm-hmm. i remember there was a section where you have to sort of like reroute a taxi or something using oh, yeah, like yeah. stop signs and it was quite a cool little idea very simple but it's quite fun but trying to click on just the right part of the bin mm. that you're supposed to click on was really difficult like yeah. it, for you i imagine it was like you just moved your d-pad over that was to that actually bit. yeah that was actually a lot better if you had problems with that i definitely had no problems with any of the sort of puzzles or in you know choosing things to interact with if anything they actually did that pretty well you know i often find with point and click where like you can you know things can be highlighted as you like look through them sometimes Mm. it can be frustrating to get to the thing you want but actually they pretty much nailed that that was definitely okay for for the mouse though whenever you'd move over the 
item that you wanted to say click on or, or the button that you wanted to use mm. it had this kind of weird delay where it wouldn't highlight it even though your mouse was directly on top of it oh, okay. and if you sort of like move your mouse around a little bit above that button then it'll sort of like go oh you're selecting this button are you yeah and it's it's like the mouse isn't necessarily the clicker the mouse is just sort of gesturing to where you want the game to put the highlighting <laughs> right. cursor if that makes yeah, sense yeah yeah so the mouse is almost like a suggestion for using the d-pad Right. Interesting. <laughs> Which, again, just slowed things down and, and made things feel even clunkier. So that's one of my biggest gripes with the game's actual gameplay, so to speak. Yeah. Another one which really ground my gears, as it were, was why is there no autosave feature? <laughs> the game constantly tells you between like chapters and also sometimes in between chapters going, remember, this game does not autosave. Auto, you know, make sure you save your game frequently. But Why? There's no reason for there not to be an autosave function. Like, I understand that they want to allow you to save individual save slots because maybe you want to, like, load to a previous game state before you made a decision or something, right? Yeah. In very traditional kind of story game fashion. And that's great. But then just have an autosave slot within yeah, your yeah, kind yeah. of save slot so that if you, for whatever reason, maybe your battery runs out or my PC crashes or something, I don't yeah. lose, like, an hour's worth of gameplay. There's no need to not have it. Yeah, I fortunately didn't have that issue because on Switch, at least, I can just... I mean, my Switch didn't go flat while I was playing it and you can just, you know, Press switch the, the screen off, off and, it's, yeah. and it's fine. So I never actually even noticed that that was a, that was a thing. And also, I don't remember seeing any reminders, which is interesting. Oh, about that is interesting. But I'm sure I would have noticed. No, because for PC, it, the whole screen goes black and there's just small kind of white text box that says this game does not have an autosave feature. Make sure to save your game frequently. I don't remember that. That's really weird. How weird that the Switch doesn't have that version, even though everything else seems to be basically the same. Hmm. But yeah, it's, it's interesting that they do. I sort of wonder, OK, maybe it's to encourage you to have, you know, separate save slots where you, you know, you can go back and make a different decision. But actually, there's only really one place in the game where there's a key decision to make hmm. and otherwise the game sort of gives you a little bit of an illusion of of choice but there isn't it is really a story that's playing out well that goes into what i was going to say about the story as a whole and again i wasn't going to focus on it too much but it's not as much of a puzzle game as it is a story game and no, it yeah. reminds me very heavily of like the telltale style games right. right like the walking dead and the wolf among us and those kind of games in that well, those games give you the illusion of choice, but the choice kind of ends up being the same effect regardless for the most yeah, part. Yeah, it does. So, like you're saying, having these individual save spots to be able to load back in and choose, change your mind makes sense in certain games where they do have a legitimate change in the gameplay. But for the most part, not much changes regardless of what you choose, except for, like you say, one or two kind of key points. And yeah. they're fairly well telegraphed as what those points are, yeah. too. So <laughs> I kind uh, of appreciated that, because I don't really like games where I can potentially end up going down one path without realizing it and then getting to an ending that i don't want hmm. um so i kind of liked that it was fairly obvious because then it meant i could guide the story where i wanted it that's true then that, that's fair enough the one thing that i got frustrated with with the game when we're talking about sort of like different paths was that in my opinion there were too many strong ideas that the game wanted to kind of discuss and sort of like you know have a and have like a chapter dedicated to but it didn't have enough time dedicated to each individual topic. Mm. Like, it's surprising how little of the game focuses on sort of like the conundrum of sort of like ascension AI, despite the yeah, fact that's one of that's the true. core ideals of the game from the beginning with your kind of like your main supporting character. 
And that's not a bad thing that it chooses to use that. Because one of the things I like is that it uses the sci-fi genre as a vehicle to move the plot forward and tell a more human orientated story. Yeah. Hence the idea of like the the company being very sort of like LGBTQ minded because that, mm. that's very much center stage of, of the game for the most part yeah I, and that's great that I, I like that it didn't just become a pure sci-fi story for the sake of it and it uses it to a point mm. but then i think it's tried to cram too many ideals into one thing i think you could either had a longer game with more branching paths that maybe choose to follow one aspect of a of a social discussion or another or just have the game have less sort of things to focus on and maybe have one or two more core themes. Yeah, I know what you mean. And I guess this kind of links to something I said right at the start about it not really taking itself too seriously mm. in that it perhaps doesn't, you know, the sort of other way of spinning that is that it doesn't necessarily explore any one theme or idea to its fruition. It really just kind of touches on a few themes mm. and a few ideas. I agree with you, especially the sort of stuff around the the sort of sentient AI and things like that. I felt like it was almost, it was almost brushed over a little bit in a way in the story. Which is interesting because that in itself could be an entire 40 hour plus long game on its own. You know, the idea of like, do machines have rights? You know, do, do machines have souls? That idea, you know, it's a pretty tried and true sci-fi trope, obviously, but it's still one that you could easily build an entire story around. But in this instance, they sort of glossed over it, despite it being one of the kind of core ideals of one of the supporting characters. Yeah, definitely. I did like the game for trying to make its players aware of sort of social difficulties and issues of of the day and in general, but I just feel like it could have focused on more of them or have less of them and just focus on a few key ones, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. But with moving the story forward, I also really like the way in which they use the main supporting character, Turing, as a way of kind of railroading you almost, making mm, making yeah. the story move forward. Because there are a few instances where I didn't want to do something, like personally, like me as the player, not my character, was like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't trust this individual. I think that person's sort of like trying to bamboozle us sort of thing. Yeah, And he just sort of like went out of his way to agree with him because he's like, oh, then that makes sense because I, I think he will be able to help us move along in our investigations. And I think that's kind of clever because his childlike nature, because he's sort of like got this very underdeveloped mind at this point allows you to move the story forward in the way you want to do it without punishing the player going no you do this because we're telling you you do this almost yeah i i think that that's quite a clever story technique if you like or even a gameplay technique to do that and i did like that it it doesn't shy away from the fact that it is story first and kind of gameplay and puzzle stuff second really mm. it, it you really are watching a story unfold um and you're almost in a way the supporting character yeah. And Turing is the main character, in a way. No, you're right. It's very much his story. And you're just there to sort of help him along because yeah. you're, you, well, you're a player. And that makes the story flow, right? Like, that helps mm. keep, the, keep the pace up a little bit. I did find that the game got a little bit slow towards the end. Agreed. Agreed, actually. The first few hours, I felt like the chapters flowed into one another quite nicely. Mm. And there wasn't too much to detract you from following the main kind of story threads. But after a while, it sort of, things took a little longer than they felt they needed to. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of just wanted to, I wasn't gearing for the game to end, but I was sort of like, I could see where things were going now and I just yeah. sort of want to get there, if that makes sense. Yeah, agreed, agreed. All the while of playing the game, though, you've got the music, right? The music Yeah, the absolutely. Game. 
and I, I don't know how you feel because we've not really talked about it but for me it's probably the best thing about the whole game oh, interesting I don't know if it is my favorite thing about the game but it's definitely it's definitely a highlight for sure the the music was produced by an artist called two mellow who I've mentioned in the past maybe on an episode or a or a soundbite, but I also remember linking to some of his music when we were sort of like posting kind of a Facebook music post we did for a oh, while. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that he was this sort of artist until I started looking up some more of the details for creating these notes. I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. And then I kind of started, I could hear his style within the music of other yeah, music yeah, he's yeah. done as well. It, it, it's just fits the theme of the game really, really well. It's got that yeah. sort of like synth pop 80s 90s style to it yeah it's sort of like it's quite chip tune it's a little bit outrun but not crazily so mm. but yeah it's very good soundtrack for sure retro futuristic yeah definitely. if that makes sense it really did make the atmosphere if the voice actors help convey the emotions of individual characters the music definitely helps to convey the emotion which the story as a whole was trying to get across to you yeah definitely uh, I think it, it did a really, really great job. And I highly recommend checking out the whole soundtrack as well. It's actually not that long. It's only about an hour and a half in total. But the soundtrack, even if you've not played the game, is, is really, really strong. And I highly yeah. recommend checking that out. Yeah, and it's on uh, Spotify as well, so you can listen to it. It there. is, yeah. And I, I highly recommend checking out all of his uh, his work, Two Mellow's work. Mm. Um, did you notice that there was a little sort of reference to him in the game as well with one of the characters, Four Mula? Oh, no, I didn't notice that. Do you know the guy you have to help out make like song lyrics for? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was called Four Mula, and the game sound designer is called Too Mellow. Oh, I see. So I thought that was quite a cool little, cool little reference. There's a few little references like that thrown in the game, which is, yeah. which is quite nice. Nice little nods to things. I think that also, this is kind of a little tangential from talking about the sound of, and music of the game, but I like that the game has those sort of Easter eggs you can go hunting for on a second playthrough. Kind of like little nods and references to other things. Right. I, d- I must admit, I, didn't, I'm, I don't think I caught any references, but then that's I'm not immersed enough in the zeitgeist no. that's the thing though is that i think they've done a good job of that because it's not a core part of the experience yeah definitely and it doesn't it clearly also didn't detract from your experience no, because no, you did just sort of not. gloss straight over it but if you're sort of aware of something you'll notice it one of the best references that got me rolling laughing for about a minute straight one of the voice actors that did some of the work for it was uh was a man called xavier woods uh and he's he's quite a famous wrestler he's part of the, the new day in the wwe and i really really enjoy my wrestling as i've mentioned before and his character in the game is saying how he wants to kind of get away from what's happening and he wants to kind of like take his wife with him and his wife's called francesca well in the wwe sort of canon his favorite instrument of choice is called francesca and he sort of like has a almost a weird relationship with this instrument uh so the fact that they named his wife's character after this sort of like (laughs) reference within the wrestling was wonderful it had me rolling laughing because again to you means nothing just a name but to me i was like that is brilliant you you know that they had a good giggle when they made that i love that so much that's really cool that's really interesting there's like an extra extra layer of depth there that wasn't just obvious. just a tiny little Easter egg that means nothing mm. unless you get it. And if you get it, it's brilliant. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I think for me, the as I said earlier, I think that really the fav- my favourite thing about the game is the characters. And, the you know, they are very, very memorable and very sort of unique. None of them blend into each other. There's not too many, which I think is probably why it probably helps. Like, it's not overloaded with characters. Hmm. And and also just sort of, you know, there's a few little good plot twists in it. And I really appreciate that in a game because I find that 
a lot of games do not do plot twists. They're just, you know, complex story writing often takes a back seat in video games. Or if they do do plot twists, they can be seen a mile off. Yeah, exactly. Whereas in this, there were some, I can't, I now, I've written it down, but now I can't remember exactly what I'm thinking of. But like, you know, there were some good, good parts that elements that you weren't expecting of the, mm. of the story. Yeah, that was, I was impressed with that for sure. There were some really good swerves. And like you say, I know we've said a few times now, but the voice work then proceeds to make that more impactful. Um, mm, I think I know one of the moments that you're talking about, and I don't want to kind of spoil it, but the way in which the character reacts to that situation, the voice work specifically was really, really good. And it made mm. it feel a lot more impactful. Mm. So it makes me wonder like what the game would have been like in the original iteration of the game, you know, the read-only memories iteration of the game. Mm. Um, that'd be quite interesting to, interesting, to go back yeah, and play without, through. Without the voice acting. Yeah. Mm. But overall, the, the sound and the music of the game is absolutely fantastic. Like I say, even the, the sound effects are really, really nice. Like all the bleeps mm. and bloops, very, they fit very well and they, they make the world feel kind of like a little bit more real. They're sort of like kind of campy style sci-fi tech of everything sort of like has those kind of bleeps and bloops and the, the slight kind of voice modulation on the on all the robots and everything yeah it was just really nice really enjoyable and i think they they put a lot of effort into how the game sounds yeah agreed so yeah overall i think that this the premise of 2064 read-only memories and the contents of the game is really what stands out mm. and i think that there's some gameplay aspects and there's some sort of technical aspects that fall short a little bit but i think that they don't completely detract from the actual core kind of content of the game the sound the music the story you know the visuals Hmm. um i think that that is where this game really shines and it's not even that it needed more polish because I think it was polished in all of those aspects as well. It's really just some weird kind of like technical shortcomings around things like the menu and, you know, the lack of autosave and stuff like that, that I think that just let it down very slightly. Which is interesting because I'm, I'm very confident that those shortcomings are intentional because right. the, the way in which the menus are loaded out, for example, are, are just too similar to old story point and click games to be a coincidence like that's just yeah. sort of how they had to get on it. And I, it, it there's a game uh, called Snatcher. I don't know if you've ever seen that one or played no. that one. It was actually one of Hideo Kojima's earliest games, you know, the Metal oh, Gear yeah. Solid creator. And it has so much similar to that in terms of its layout. Like that can't be coincidence. Yeah. So you can tell that this was maybe a, a conscious choice. Just I don't think it was the right choice, honestly. Yeah, it's kind of like, what were you trying to do? Like why... Like if, you, if you've got a game where you're really focusing on stuff like story and voice acting... Voice acting, of course, not something that is present in any um, in any old game. Mm. Um, like, why also then cripple it slightly by making it really retro? What are you adding to the game by doing that? You know, I sort of feel like this game would have excelled more if it had shrugged off some of that really retro and really mm. kind of limiting interface and, and sort of technical decisions and just let the the content shine through more it's almost like you want this game to basically be a telltale game yeah because that's how they very much present their games isn't it like yeah everything gameplay wise takes a back seat yeah and it's very unintrusive about that too like it doesn't get in the way because it's not there it just lets the story be its thing it's almost like a netflix 
series or something yeah, yeah. Um, just in a game form which i feel like this should have been doing and maybe you've dropped the puzzle side of things entirely because i mean mm-hmm. when there were puzzles which there weren't that many of them but when they no. were they were either incredibly obvious like it's so clear what you have to do or you know leaps of logic that uh, you had a giggle it earlier the only way you can really work things out is if you just do the tried and true rub everything on everything trope <laughs> yeah uh, until something works like such a great one... description of point and click gaming <laughs> it absolutely is and it's the only way you can move forward there was one instance where i ain't got a clue on what the character wanted like you had to kind of give something to someone to get something from them and i was like i have no idea and i was like i'll have to go around the rest of the all the other maps because you can kind of travel between area to area and see if i've missed anything or not picked anything up but it turns out that it's one of the items you get given you can't not have in your inventory but it makes no real sense that that character wants what you have yeah so i would just like spend a good 10 15 minutes just racking my brain i could have looked it up but that's sort of not the point is it yeah uh, you know, the whole idea of the game is it's supposed to be sort of like a flowing narrative experience rather than yeah. broken up by going onto the internet to have a look. And I just feel like the game probably could have just done away with the puzzle element of things entirely. Have the inventory side of things. I like the fact that you can sort of like have items interact with the world. For example, those kind of headphones you get at the very beginning of the game. I kind of like the oh, idea yeah. of like being able to listen to very different things. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference to the story particularly. It's just kind of fun. I feel they could have kept that, just remove sort of the puzzle elements of the game and make it a pure... A purely dialogue-driven puzzle game, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. That said, I think it's still very much a... I I would certainly recommend it to people. I think that that doesn't stop the the story and the design of the game and the characters and everything from from being a a really strong selling point and a strong Mm -hmm. reason to play this game, for sure. I mean, considering the fact that, like, as we record it right now during a Steam sale, it's (laughs) $2.99... You know, and it's £3.9p for the special edition, which comes with the a soundtrack and, and some artwork and stuff for the game. It's worth picking up. Like, it's less than a cup of coffee. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there's no reason not to try it. It's not very long. It's not a huge commitment. And you will definitely remember it and and go away with you know memories of this game ha <laughs> memories of this game well done read only memories well done yeah you're definitely gonna be glad that you spent the t- you know a few hours playing this game for sure yeah i i highly recommend it and i'm glad we did it as a game club episode yeah and i enjoy being able to have a shorter story experience to talk about even yeah. though we didn't talk about the story all that much because sometimes we play through games and we end up coming away with very 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 different ideals on the game because like we just like gameplay elements different to each other yeah but here i feel that like we've kind of meshed quite nicely because mm. The game is quite straightforward with what it is, and if you either you like it or you don't, so yeah, no, agreed, definitely. But if you have already tried the game uh, and you really, really enjoyed it, and uh, let us know if we kind of got got it right, as it were. Mm. But if you haven't tried the game and you've tried it as a result of the game club, and and you've got some thoughts on it, let us know as well. Yeah, Interesting definitely. to see what other people think of the game, and maybe maybe we were a little bit too harsh on some of the uh, elements of like the the menu system, for example. Maybe yeah. people think no, 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 that's a really good throwback. Maybe. But 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 maybe not. Like maybe we were on the money. <laughs> yeah, you can also pick it up on iOS and Android as well now. So as of yeah, fairly recently. So I think um, I think it's almost on basically on every. Single I think it's system basically now. on everything. Yeah. Uh, which is great. So yeah, uh, you can let us know your thoughts. Email us, show at octal.fm. Or you can come and find us on Twitter. We're at octal.fm on Twitter. And you can come and grab us on the Facebooks, facebook.com forward slash octal.fm. Mm. 
Hopefully this has been a very memorable episode for you. Oh, he's done uh, it again. <laughs> there he goes again. And uh, yeah, I've been Gelada. I've been Saffron. And catch us again for another episode of Oxal FM very soon.